What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. We are live inside of the Tap In studio. Man, I got a special, special guest in the building, man. My boy Isaiah Austin is in the building. What's happening, man? What's up with you, man? I Chilling, man. You yes, sir. Yes, yes sir. sir. Thank you for stopping through, man. You know it. You know it. Tapping in. Man, what's going on? Man, uh, winter time. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tell you that. You know, it, uh, it always gets real busy around the holidays, uh, yeah. especially for me, man. We just had a big move. Uh, I used to actually was just up north, but I just moved back down here uh, to the Arlington area. You okay, know, where, where, where at up north? Uh, so we was in Farmer's Ranch. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I thought you meant like, well, like Minnesota or something. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> we, was in, we was in Farmer's Branch, and then uh, okay. we ended up coming down here because we had, uh, had put my son in a private school out here in Arlington. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, that's what's up, man. Man, so you originally from Fresno, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, and then you moved down here to Arlington like when you was young, huh? Yeah, I moved down here uh, in eighth grade. Really? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Is that when you started hooping or when? Nah, man. I, I've been hooping since I was like three years old. Straight up? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, when did you start taking this serious? Like, you know what? Uh, probably when I got here to Texas, to, really? to be honest. Yeah, you know, I, I was just, it was casual, you know, when I was growing up playing. My dad played, my uncle played, um, but I never knew, like, that it was actually, like, serious, serious until I actually stepped foot here in Texas. I remember I was at Worley, Worley Middle School. And as soon as I walked through Worley, man, it was like the first day the coaches was like, oh, we expecting you're playing basketball, right? So I was like, yeah, I'm finna play, you know. But uh, before then, I had I was living in Minnesota. We had lived in Minnesota for like six months. Mm. And it was just too crazy. The weather was too crazy. So my mama was like, nah, we, we getting out of here. So yeah. we came down here. And, like, that's when we saw, like, the AAU scene is just completely different than anywhere else. You know, like, on the West Coast, it's, it's still solid. You know, it's real solid. But, like, up in Minnesota, it wasn't – it was hoopers, but it wasn't, like, how it is down here in the South, you know. So, when I got down here, man, I, I was like, all right, I know I got to take this serious because, you know, Kaz is looking out here trying to embarrass me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Was you was you uh, taller than everybody then, or y'all you were pretty much like the same height as everybody back oh, then? No, I was a monster. I was like six eight in eighth grade. Really? Bro. Yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Was you good then, or you were still trying to figure your body out and all that? Nah, I was real good. Straight I was up. real good. Uh, I I don't I don't think I actually got nationally ranked until I came to Texas, but I was real good. I came out here to Texas. I was dogging shit. Really? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Man, that's what's up. What made you? This is what I want to ask you. I was thinking about this last night. What made you go to Baylor? Uh, it was close to close to where my family was. You know, my whole family mm. was out here in in Arlington, so it was right down the street. You know, straight oh, up okay. thirty five. Um, but really, you know, like when I was going through like the recruitment process, uh, I was also fighting you know other issues. Like I was I was going blind in my right eye. Mm. Uh, I had like emergency surgery in the eighth grade, and I ended up having four surgeries up until my junior year of high school you know, trying to save the vision in my right eye, and I ended up going blind. And those were the only coaching staff that I was actually, like, you know, transparent with, letting them know my situation. Because there was the very first coaching staff who ever came to watch me practice when I first got out here to Texas. You know, I remember I was in eighth grade, and I seen Coach Paul Mills sitting up in the corner. Uh, you know, they they had said that they had heard a new 6'8 kid that moved down, so he drove down from Waco on my first uh, – eighth grade middle school practice he was sitting up in the corner I'm like 
Man, that's a college coach. Right. Uh, you yeah. Eighth grade, you don't even think about college, man. You yeah. be like, I can't yeah. wait to be a freshman in high school. Yeah. You know? So uh, it was just, you know, they built that relationship with me early. Mm, okay. Yeah, that makes sense then. Yeah, they came to see you early, so now it's more of a re- longer relationship to when you get out of high school. Did you go to high school here in Arlington? Yeah, so uh, my freshman year I was at Mansfield Legacy. Okay. Then after that, um, I ended up transferring to Arlington Grace Prep, which is right there off uh, Twenty and uh, Kelly Elliott on the on the on the side of the highway oh, right there. Oh, that's that's the that's the prep school right there. Yeah, yeah, that's where I ended up going. It's lot built. It's way built up now, though. They got a whole basketball court and everything. When I was there, we ain't had no basketball court. We was driving uh, down Cooper and, and practicing. I forgot the uh, the school we used to practice at, but we used to have to drive wow. down the street to practice. My son used to, um, they used to do, my, my son is like, he was, I think when he was like seven, eight years old, we used to go there and have, they used to have games for the YMCA there. Um, like the little, I didn't know that was a prep school though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Okay. Damn, Grace Prep. Okay. And then from Arlington, uh, I mean from Grace Prep, then you go to Baylor. How was Baylor, man? Baylor How, was sweet. I loved it. Really? Yeah. Um, when I was there, it was just like the basketball culture had just grown into something like enormous. Because the, the year before I went there, they made the Elite Eight, you know, mm. and everybody was talking about how Scott Drew just kept getting like these crazy recruiting classes. Before before I went there, um, they had Quincy Miller, Perry Jones, you know, Deuce Bellow. They were getting big names, you know, Quincy A.C. from Mesquite, you know, and uh, he had actually grown into himself like his senior year in became that guy in the Big 12. So the Big the Big 12, like, they started to notice Baylor as a basketball team. But then nationally, when we was playing Duke in the Elite Eight, they was like, okay, like, Baylor is like an actual powerhouse. Yeah. And, and Coach Drew and, and, and Coach Tame, man, they just some recruiting monsters. Like, they know how to get guys in. I forget what's the um, – I'm not sure if even you were there at that same time. But it was a it was a guard there, dark skin. I want to say his number was like 44 – he reminded me of Donovan Mitchell, um, and he may he may be just younger than you, so it may have been probably like, damn, I can't remember his name, but he was nice. I, I think that's the furthest I remember Baylor going at that time. That dang, was, you was probably talking about you talking about Tweety Carter or Lace Darius Dunn. Dang, I know I I can't remember, I but I know. I know it was a guard there that was at on Baylor that was sweet. Yeah, he was probably, dark skin. Probably Tweety, yeah. Yeah, he was dark skin. Tweety and Lace, to be honest. Really? Both of, both of them were some dogs. They the one who brought who who got us to the lead eight for real. Dang. Okay. Dang. I want. I gotta. I gotta do some more research and see if that was the guy. Cause I remember while he was playing in the tournament, I was like, he remind me of Donovan Mitchell. Like both kind of pigeon toed a little bit. But he can, he can, uh, he was, uh, I don't know if he was a small guard. Shit, I can't remember. Pigeon toe, I'm trying to think. Yeah, he he remind me, he was little though, he was short. He was small for a guard, so he may have been like six feet. Oh, you talking about Pierre Jackson? Maybe. He wasn't, he, he ain't really dark skin either. Nah, he was number 55 though. Not, yeah. Yeah, P-Jack, P-Jack, I played with P-Jack. Oh, okay. Fool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he a fool. I sure. remember that. I was like, dang, Baylor getting some guards. Yeah, yeah, that's what's up, man. Okay. And how long did you stay at Baylor? I was only there for two seasons, two years. And then you went. Uh, and then I went to the draft, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. And from the draft, 
because I know they um they declared you medical ineligible, right? How soon or how close to the draft did you knew that they were gonna medically in make you ineligible? I didn't know. I didn't find out until five days before the draft. Really? Yeah, I was gonna be a lottery pick and everything. I see. I was reading that. So what they found is you have what's called Marfan syndrome. Yeah. What what the hell is that? Do you know what it uh, is? So basically, it's like a connective tissue disorder. So you know your connective tissues are what's hold your body together. And a person who has Marfan syndrome, um, in a sense, you know, is, has a weaker body frame than somebody who doesn't, you know, just because of their connective tissues are a little bit weaker. Mm-hmm. Um, it also affects our eyes, our hearts, um, mainly our hearts. So, you know, a lot of people who have Marfan syndrome have to end up undergoing open heart surgery, um, you know, because their aortic valve grows too enlarged and it, it's in danger of rupturing, basically, if they do, like, high intense training and things like that. So that's why like my case was the NBA wanted to shy away from it because they were just like, you know, this is this is almost like something that, you know, is just completely out of their control and it'd be too big of a liability factor to have me play, you know, because NBA, you got to think, man, they're one of the four biggest organizations in the world, you know, behind FIBA and the NFL, you know, it's, it's the NBA. So, you know, if, if they were to have Granted me access to play, and God forbid somebody would have having me on the court, it would have just it would have tore them under under the ground. Yeah. yeah. Did you have you ever been diagnosed before this, or this was your first time ever even hearing about this syndrome that you had? Yeah, no, nah, this was my first time. So actually, when I was going through the draft process, I was in Chicago um, for the pre-draft. Um, okay. You know, you, you get invited to the combine. They invite like top sixty uh, players who are in the world, and they take them to the combine, and you work out and front of all the teams all 30 teams but then you also got to go through like intense medical like screenings i'm talking about like head to toe like they check your head they know how many times you rolled your ankle in your career they know what bones you broke you know what i'm saying they have your whole medical list really it goes down it goes down the line it's crazy so um as i was going through that i think i was on like doctor 18 or 19 you got to see all 30 doctors all 30 nba team doctors when you're there oh wow i was on doctor like 18 or 19 and one of them had just like mentioned that my limbs were a little bit more flexible than what they supposed to be you know for somebody who was seven foot and uh you know he had kind of mentioned like marfan syndrome and it kind of sparked like a little bit of a red flag he started talking to other doctors and all the other doctors started talking to him so they kind of like started just chopping it with each other you know and then um after the combine was over i remember i was about to get on my flight and they asked me to stay to do some like extensive testing but they couldn't look at me and see that i had marfan syndrome if you go online and type up marfan syndrome you can look at somebody and tell that he has that they have it you Mm -hmm. know that he or she has it but my case was so mild that no you didn't really know unless they took my blood so they ended up taking my blood um and then they let me continue on with my pre-draft process. So I, I, I went all the way another, like, month and a half of just, like, working out for teams, you know what I'm saying, preparing for the draft, not paying no mind to it because you like, shit, I made it this far. You know, like, what? Who? it's one in 5,000 people that have it, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, what, yeah. what would make me have it if nobody in my family has it? You know what I'm saying? So um, and then five days before the draft, that's when my results came back and they had to tell me that, like, I wouldn't be able to participate. Damn. Yeah. Five days before. And that's when it was in New York at that time, right? The draft? Yeah, the draft was in New York, yep. Yeah. Damn. How did you feel when you just getting this news? And who gave you the news? Uh, So it was just like my, my inner circle gave me the news. 
it was crazy because it was like the whole day I'm thinking like I'm excited, you know, because the next day we were supposed to fly to New York together. My, me and my family had got invited to the green room. You know, if you get invited to the green room, basically they're saying you're going to be a top 10, top 15 pick, you know, one of the first people to walk across the stage. So um, I'm excited, you know, so I wake up at six in the morning, you know what I'm saying? I eat breakfast. I'm I'm in the gym by seven, you know, I'm working out. As soon as I work out, I remember I was with my uh, high school coach, Ray Forsett. He was like my, my mentor at the time. Like I always listened to him. He never steered me wrong into no no wrong direction, you know. So mm-hmm. he was always the person that I always just trusted into, you know, and I could talk to outside of my parents who just wouldn't judge me on nothing, you know what I'm saying? So we was working out, man, and uh, a lot of people don't know this, but like Mo Williams is a close family friend for us. So he was at the gym, we was working out at his gym. And after the workout, I just remember like, Ray was like, man, we're gonna go to Mo's house. You know, we're gonna go kick it, you know? So, you know, we did what we do, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. We went and kicked it. And then he was like, all right, we gotta go. I gotta I gotta take you back to the crib. So he was just driving me home, man. And I remember the day before he was like, yeah, you can't drive. He was like, you can't drive. You gotta roll with me all day. You gotta roll with me all day. So I was like, all right, bet. As soon as we got in that car, bro, on the way home, I could just tell his whole aura just changed. Really? Like, he, I felt it on him, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, you know, like, for somebody I'm so close to, like, you know you know when something's wrong, you know what I'm saying? So I felt it on him. Like, I could still feel the shit to this day. It's kind of crazy talking about it. Yeah. And then uh, we had just pulled up into the driveway. And I remember when we pulled up, I had seen my mama and daddy car. I'm like... What they doing over what here? What they doing over here? You know what I'm saying? I'm like, yeah. at this time, they had moved to Kansas. So I was like, and they drove all the way from Kansas here. You know mm. what I'm saying? So I'm thinking we finna have a pre-draft party or something. You know what I'm saying? I walked through the door, man. It was just like my coaching staff was there from Baylor, my agent, uh, my little brother, my little sister, my mom and dad, and just like my pastor was there. And I was just like, as soon as I walked through the door, it was just like I got hit like right in my gut and all the air just kind of came out of me because I was just it was just like bad aura in the house you know what I'm saying yeah yeah and like my mama was standing way in the back of the house everybody else was like by the front door when I opened the door and like it was like I could see through people like you know like in the movies when they zoom through the crowd and, mm. and there's somebody in the back that's exactly what it was and I just seen my mama out of all the people in there she was the first person I saw and I was just like damn Something don't feel Something right. Something don't feel right. My yeah. mom, you know, she this real beautiful lady. She had like these real, real rosy cherry cheeks. And whenever she got them cheeks, I knew she had been crying. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so I had just walked straight over to her and I asked what's wrong. Like, I thought we had a death in the family or something. You know what I'm saying? And then she had to just tell me that's when, that's when she broke the news to me that my results had came back positive with Marfan syndrome. So, um it was just like my world just went black for a second. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. God dang, man. Five days before your lifelong dream. God damn. I can't even imagine that, man. Yeah, I mean, so I was about to change my whole family life. You yeah. Know? Like, that was the main, that was the main, my main purpose was hustling for my family, you know, trying to, trying to make sure that me and my family can be set for life, you know? Yeah. So it was just like, it was. It was it was it was crazy, and I don't remember nothing. I just remember I woke up in the bathroom like splashing water on my face. I don't remember nothing after my mom told me that. I don't know how I got into the bathroom. I don't know if I passed out, if I fainted, nothing. All I remember is that I was over the sink splashing water in my own face, and it just kind of like slapped me like right in the face, like 
you gotta pull yourself together. I was like, hold on, I gotta pull myself together. I looked in the mirror, I was like, I'm, I'm crying. I was like, my little brother and sister don't never see me cry, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I gotta wipe my tears, you know? And I went out, I remember I sat on the stairs and uh, up there next to, my, next to my name, I wrote Dream Again. You know, cause uh, I remember I sat, I had sat on the stairs, and all my family members had like sat, up, sat, stood around me. Mm-hmm. My pastor, uh, Ray, Ray, my his his dad is a pastor or a bishop. Okay. So he came over and put his hand on me, and he just started praying over me. And he was just like, in his prayer, he just kept asking God. He was like, I just asked that you you give this young man the, the ability to dream again. And now it just been, it's just stuck with me ever since. Mm, that's so dope. I had to pull myself together, man. I was toe up in the bathroom. I don't remember how I got to the bathroom still to this day. Really? Yeah. God. And you said nobody in your family ever doesn't have this at all? or uh, After I found out that I had it, so I had my, my biological father. I had him get tested. Um, I had my mom get tested. And then I had uh, my mom was adopted, so she don't know her. She didn't know her biological parents, but uh, on my dad's side, only my granny is was still with us, so she got tested as well, um, and nobody had it. So they said it was a genetic mutation. Oh wow! Because it's passed on genetically. So mm. yeah. Okay. God, man. Dang. Okay. And so. When whose idea was it? Because I remember seeing you on the draft, and I didn't know, I didn't understand at the time while watching it what was going on. Who idea was it for you to to walk across the stage on draft day that day? Uh, Adam, Adam Silver. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay. He just called you. Was like, hey man, we want to still have you at the draft for because I know he invited your whole family out. Yeah, he had reached out to my agent um, and told us that he still wanted us to make the trip. And, uh, you know, that he wanted to do something for us special. We didn't know exactly what it was going to be, um, but he the one who planned that for us, him and the NBA. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did you want to do it at that point? Because I know I, – I just know how I would feel, right? You know what I mean? Because I don't think I would have – especially when you were 22 at that time? No, nah, I was 2014. Well, I'm, I'm 20. I was 20, 20 years old. Yeah, see, I know I wouldn't have had the maturity to to even want to go through with it, even though I'm not being able to fulfill my dream. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what was your thoughts on it when he was like, yeah, we still want you to come out? Did you even want to go, or what was your feelings about it? Uh, I kind of had to put my personal problems to the side, man, because I remember I had, you know, Ray Forsett, you know, he, he had sat me down, like, that night, that same night, and he was just like, you know, this – this gotta be bigger than you. You know what I'm saying? Mm. He just kept telling me that, like, it's gotta be bigger than you, it's gotta be bigger than you. So I was just like, you know what? I can set my personal stuff aside, you know, because, you know, I never know what kind of impact it'll it'll have on, on the people around me, you know? So he was like, you, you know, this is this is the type of shit that, you know, that, that separates the men from, from the boys, you know? Mm. So he, he kind of told me, like, you need to do this. So. I did it, you know, I, I put a smile on my face. I had a smile on my face all week, you know, when I was up there at the draft. You know, I didn't take no time to mourn. I didn't take no time to, you know, really lose all that emotion out of my body, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. Uh, you know, I did what I had to do. And um, I ended up, this, this is where I go, because it ended up being beneficial for somebody else who I'd never even met in my life. You know, a kid named Owen Gray, his dad was watching the draft that night when I walked across the stage. 
And when I came down, they had interviewed me on ESPN, and they were asking me like, "Who? What is Marfan syndrome?" Um, I remember like the Marfan organization. They had briefed me before this. Like they were like, "They're gonna ask you this question, and you need to have these answers, you know, so people can have the right information if they don't, if they've never heard about it." Mm-hmm. So um, basically, they interviewed me. I told people like what Marfan syndrome looks like on the outside, you know, like what what to look for for somebody if if they have Marfan syndrome, like elongated limbs, you know what I'm saying, problems with their eyes, uh, indented chest, things like that, skinny frame, tall, and uh, the kid Owen Gray, his dad ended up watching the draft that night, took his son to the doctor the next day, found out that he had Marfan syndrome. Saved his life because he had to have open heart surgery. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to Owen Gray. He Owen Gray, is he still living now because of that? Yeah, he is. He's actually uh, working. I think he's trying to be a uh, ESPN analyst. Really? Mm-hmm. That's dope, man. That's dope. See, I don't. I don't think I would have had the maturity at twenty to see past my emotions. You know what I mean? But shout out to to Ray for even being able to guide you through that. That's why mentors are so big because, you know, they able to to see past what we're able to see as the person that's going through it. You know what I mean? So that's big, man. That's yeah. super big. Yeah. The, here's the part that I was confused about while I was researching your story because after that, you get medically cleared and then you go play overseas. Was they not the doctor who medically cleared you could he have medically cleared you to play in the NBA or the NBA was just like we don't, it's a liability we don't even want to be a part of it or we don't want to get involved so it was a lot that went into that you know um, I didn't get medically cleared until two and a half years after after my diagnosis so mm. it wasn't until 2017 where I played my first professional game um, but what went into that was you know basically I met this doctor after I had Marfan syndrome through the Marfan organization, um, Dr. David Liang. He's at Stanford. Uh, he's a cardiologist, but he's an expert at Marfan syndrome. Um, so I was seeing him regularly, like every three months. I would fly in because I was still living in Texas. He he's at Stanford. I would fly in, mm-hmm. and he would check my heart. And you know, he would just he kind of just told me one day. He was just like, man, like. Your, your case of Marfan syndrome is so mild. He was just like, I, I don't, I, I have no, no doubt in my mind that you're not going to have any heavy risk if you, if you continue to play basketball, mm. you know? So it was something that I had to talk about because in my clearance letter, you know, it says he specifically writes that like, because I was away from basketball, you know, I was fighting depression, you know, like it was, it was literally killing me slowly. You know, so he said, like, from his professional opinion, like, he would grant me access to play professionally, like, if I was mentally right and if it would, you know, kind of be basically saying, like, it would save my life. Right. Basically, because, like, people don't understand, man, like, when you, when these elite athletes, like, they really, we really put our, our, our heart and soul into this sport. Like, it's not something that just comes naturally. Like, it's, it's maybe a couple people that it just comes naturally for, but, like, you really got to put hours into it, man. And it becomes a part of you. Like, it becomes a part of your soul. Like, it, you you mend together. So that's when, when people say, like, oh, it's just a game. No, nah, it ain't just a game. Like, I done, 
I done lost sleep about this. You know what I'm saying? I done fell in depression about this. You know what I'm saying? I done lost family, friends, all types of stuff. You done lost because of this sport that I love to play, you know, because I'm a competitor. Mm -hmm. So when people just say like, oh, it's just a sport. No, it ain't just a sport. Like that shit saved my life. You know, it brought it brought me out of out of bad habit, habits. You know, it took me out of bad environments. You know what I'm saying? So like it's more than just a sport. So when he cleared me, um, you know, I, we had talks with the NBA and we were like, you know, we, we want to go back and forth. Like we want to see if I can play. Um, long story short, you know, their lawyers didn't agree. Um, and they thought it was just still be too big of a liability. So, um, when I went overseas, I had to sign, uh, liability waivers with every team that I played with saying like the team would not be liable. The organization would not be liable. The league would not be liable mm. if anything were to happen with me. Okay. Yeah. Where, where did you play at again? Man, I played in five years. I played in 13 countries. Really? Yeah, so I played in uh, United Arabs. Um, that was the last place I played. I okay. played in Puerto Rico, Mexico, Dominican Republic. Um, I played in China, Serbia, uh, Morocco. Uh, where else? Taiwan. Uh I don't play so many places. Man. Yeah. I can't even think of <laughs> okay. off the top of my head. Yeah. Are, they, are these different leagues that you're playing in, or are these or what? Yeah, are these? so they all different leagues, man. I mean, like basketball is such a big sport, man. Every country got their own league, yeah. their own yeah. professional league. You know, so you can go play in the corner of the world, and they're gonna have a professional league. You're gonna have fans. Yeah. So. What was the best country that you like? Yo, I love it here. Probably Lebanon, man. I met I met like some lifelong friends when I was out in Lebanon. I was really? in Beirut. Mm -hmm. That's dope, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. And the basketball was crazy there, man. I remember my first my first year there, I was playing for Champville. Mm -hmm. It was one of the big clubs, and my my very first game was a rival game. And I remember we was about to go out to warm up. I was about to go out to the court early to warm up. And they're like, nah, we gotta sweep the. Uh, they're like, you can't go in there right now because the bomb squad squad is in there. They sweeping the court, and make sure there ain't no bombs in there. It get crazy out there, dog. <laughs> Golly! Yeah, they sweep, I'm telling you, they sweep it with a bomb, dog. The, the bomb squad, they sweep the whole arena, um, and then you know, overseas is different. You know, like it gets rowdy in there. You know, they start throwing bat. I didn't have batteries threw at me. I didn't have bottles threw at me. I done had, you know, I done got in a brawl in China. We didn't, we didn't been in a brawl where the fans came down. They was jumping down from like three stories up onto the court. Straight up. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. Golly, I, got, I thought they get crazy like that for soccer over like in different countries, but for basketball. Man, all sports, bro. I didn't see it all. Really? Yeah. God dang, Jesus, man. All right, man. So. Let's talk about currently, man. Um, I'm going to get on basketball first, right? Because I know you – wait, let's do this. So you now working in the front office in the NBA? Yeah. Okay, what they have you doing? So I'm working with player development. Okay. And when I say player development, it's not like court player development. It's not like we're getting players better on the court. Um, my group, we specifically specialize in player interests. So basically, you know, we're working on the development of a, of a basketball player outside of basketball. Mm, so whatever okay. interest they have, you know, we work up with a lot of rookies um, to try to help them find, like, career paths that they want to take while they're in the league. And we work with a lot of guys who are exiting the league and retired players to help them find, like, what their passion is outside of sport. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's dope, man. Because I know some – when I was hooping growing up, I always I – always, I was told 
that basketball after like college you have a a 10-year run right after college you pretty much what 32 34 years old relatively young in society and now you got to figure out what you got to do you know what i mean so that's super dope man that's super dope okay now i want to get into some some competitive talk yeah yeah who you who you see in the league right now you like i know i could dog that nigga Huh? Who? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> nah, nah, it's a, it's a lot of them. I mean, a lot of them see me in the summer times. You know, I make my way around in the summertime. Okay. And, and God, guys know me, I, but I ain't, I ain't going to call them names. Yeah, I ain't going to call them names. Okay. Guys know me. You okay. Know. Yeah, I'm, that's re- I'm respected up. around the country for a reason. Yeah, you know? that's what's yeah, up. Yeah. Who's a, um, who's a sleeper in the league that people need, or you think that you say, yo, dude got game? Got game and yeah. they probably don't play. No, they maybe they may be in a small market or they, they don't get the look that you know ma- all the major players, but they got game. So for example, one of the sleepers who I think is is dope is Bo Bo. He played for Orlando. Yeah, got a jumper. You know what I mean? Could take it off the dribble. He nice, but he don't get the look. Because in that small market. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to agree with you on that. I, I'm a, I'm a Bo Bo fan through and through. I mean, I remember watching him in high school. I was like, he going to be a dog. You really? Know? And it was kind of like, he, you know, he had the foot injury and everything, so that kind of held him back. But Orlando let him rock. So, yeah. You know, and people starting to see it. So he about to get paid. <laughs> I remember I remember seeing him in Denver, and I was like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. He, he, was, he didn't get that much run, but I could see little flashes – of him like, okay, he gonna be nice because he got a jumper and what he was, six eleven, seven feet. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's the next I was I was saying Kevin Durant, but yeah, he, he was gonna be that next one like that. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. No, nah, I, I long. agree with you, man. I just think like the, the league now is, is starting to change, you know, like when I was coming out in college, you know, I used to have a lot of ESPN analysts. They were like, Oh, he weak, he don't wanna play with his back to the basket. That's what they were saying about you. And yeah, now mm. now look at it. Now look at the league now, man. It's, if you can't shoot that ball, if you can't make a fifteen foot jump shot, or if you're not an elite elite defender like Rudy Gobert, you're not touching that court, dog. Yeah, you gotta be able to guard that pick and roll. You gotta be able to block shots, or you gotta be able to spread that court. You know what I'm saying? Space out and shoot that jumper. Yeah, put it on the ground. And, yeah, and you got to think what what NBA team has just a back to the basket big right now. The only person I would say who's even close to it is probably Noka. Um, what was it? Jokovic. Yeah, Jokovic. Yeah, and and even he steps out and spreads <laughs> the floor and shoots <laughs> the jumper. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like th- that that thing where like it used to be, you got to have a dominant center. It's, it's not in the game of basketball. Anymore. Yeah, I'm trying to think who is a, a solid big man now that's in the league. I, I can't even, I can't even think of nobody. You got Embiid. Yeah, He's Embiid. A, he plays the five. You got Jokic. Uh, you got Nurkic. He he's good, but even he steps out and shoots a three now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And when the Robbins brothers came into the league, the Lopez twins, when they came into the league, they wasn't shooting a three. Heck no. Nah. Both of them shooting that ball. Now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just seen a video of of Dwight Howard. He I guess he over in China. In Ta- Taiwan. Z- yeah, Taiwan. In Taiwan. The P League. Yeah, yeah I mm-hmm. seen him over there on the video this morning. 
He's shooting threes. I'm like, when did he start shooting threes? Hey man, but I I'm guess you got he to. Having fun. Yeah, yeah he <laughs> have to have fun. that 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 uh that Taiwan league, it like they fans like really genuine love. Oh man, they well, love I, a, I the basketball in, players. I was in Taiwan. They greeted me at the airport. Really? As soon as I landed off the airport, I got fans in Taiwan right now that DM me every day. Straight up, I, I promise. <laughs> man, what does that feel like, man? What do you? Because I know it's a... And I, ain't, and I ain't hooped in a year. I ain't hooped in Taiwan since I first hooped in Taiwan in 2019. I ain't hooped in Taiwan since 2019. I God. went out there during COVID. I got picked up by the Fubon Braves, but then COVID hit us. So I didn't mm. play. I didn't play not one game. I was just practicing the whole time. And I still got fan base out there. That's how crazy, like, the overseas basketball life is. Like, a lot of people don't really notice. They don't really, you know... They don't get the insight because they don't get to see it. But, like, you go to a Taiwan game in in Taiwan, like, you go to that game that Dwight Howard has, yeah. sold out. It sold looks sold out. out. It's, it's going to be sold out every game. <laughs> it looks sold out. And even, every time Dwight even grabbed the ball or even caught the ball. They screaming, yelling. Screaming, yelling. I'm like, yep. he not even doing nothing. <laughs> they, they was just yelling. I was like, that's dope because I just seen Dwight on uh, Shannon Sharp podcast he was talking about he want to get back into the league or he just play again. And I was like, that's dope to see him over in uh, Taiwan playing. You know what I mean? Yeah. I like it just because I'm a hoop junkie. So, like, I, you could just tell that, like, yeah, Dwight wants to get into the league, but he said he just want to play again. He went somewhere and just played, man. He out there enjoying himself. He having fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can't do nothing but respect that because that's what the game brings to certain people, you know, when you're not playing it for – just the money, you yeah. Know, playing it for the love of the game, yeah. Yeah. What what um what advice would you give somebody that's thinking about going overseas versus trying to get into league where it may not be, you know, what I mean, they really want to get to league, but it may not be an option versus going overseas. Uh, I would say a couple things, like especially to a lot of guys who you know want to keep continuing to like chase the league and chase the league and chase the league like go somewhere and be the all-star of that country like you're gonna get the same love and and, and attention that you want from that country as you think that you're gonna get from the nba because mm. you know if, if you're not the elite of the elite it's hard to get into the nba it's 450 players dog. 450 players in the nba this year and 20% of them won't be in the NBA next year because a new batch is coming in this upcoming year. You know what I'm saying? So, like, go ahead and enjoy your journey. You know, the basketball, it, it'll take you all over the place. Like, it took me to 13 countries in five years. Man, my little man right here? Yeah. He got dual citizenship in Belgrade, Serbia. God. You know, Serbia is the number two basketball country in the world behind the USA. Yeah. <laughs> so, when he gets old enough, he can go back. He can go play on their Olympic team if he don't want to play for the USA side. He can play on the Serbian Olympic team. My son was born in Belgrade. Mm. You know, it's like, and then I've experienced things that, you know, just kind of like open my eyes to the world. Like, here in America, we're so protected, man. Like, we, we don't really notice how good we actually have it. You know, um, remember the bomb that went off at, at, in Beirut at the harbor? Not really, no. So if, if you go online, you look it up. It happened like two, I think it was like two years now. Okay. Um, I guess they had a, a, it was either a warehouse or a ship or something, but it exploded and half of Beirut got blown up. 
I was living out there, man. Like at the time, I, or we, just we left three weeks prior to that to oh, that blowing damn. up. So like, you just got to keep it in perspective. Like that could have been us. You know what I'm saying? So like, that's why I tell people go ahead and travel the world and go ahead and just experience things that you're not going to experience. Like you got to get out of you got to get out of your city. You got to get out of your hood. You know, get out of your state. You know, sometimes just so you can experience the world because it's way more to offer than just what's in front of you. Yeah, yeah, man. I th- I think anybody once you once you're able to start traveling, like I think your mind expands just just to to see how other people live. You know what I mean? And once your mind expands, it can't it can't squeeze back in. It doesn't shrink. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now you get a whole perspective of of just life. You know what I mean? And I I don't think I don't think people like that's in their hood every day or just you know just in experiencing the states once they get out of the states they're able to see like like it's a whole bunch of to do in the world you know what i mean yeah and basketball could be that vehicle to get you to be able to see and enjoy the world you know what i mean exactly but yeah like as far as like basketball advice that i would give somebody who wants to go overseas you better be in shape man they be running. Hey, make sure you make sure you come in the market in shape. <laughs> do not let do not think that you know that you're gonna get yourself in shape in preseason because they will cut your ass quick. Really? If you don't come in in shape, it's done. They're not even gonna deal with you. They're gonna be like, you know, we want next. Really? They that cutthroat? Easily. For sure. What's the what's the the money situation over there? Is it more? Uh, it's not more than the NBA. No, the NBA is the highest paying league. And then I I would say the second highest paying league it could be either Euro League or China, mm, you know, because okay. Euro League is like that's where the best basketball players in the world preside if they don't play in the NBA. And then even some of the ba- best basketball players in Euro League have opportunities to come and play play in the league, but they don't want to leave their situation because it's so good out there. Mm. Like a guy like Mike James, he was with Brooklyn a li- a little bit uh, in the bubble. Right, but he's a he's a he's Kobe in Europe. In really, really, he's, he's like a Kobe. You know what I'm saying? Like they love him. You know, mm. a Will Will Clyburn. You know, a guy like Will Clyburn. He he's like a a Kobe. Really, he, he could he can go to any club he wants to in Europe, and they're gonna pay him what he wants. He got to tell him, hey, he gonna tell him like, hey, I want this price. They got to pay him that. Cause he that he's that guy. You know what I'm saying? So like. You just gotta. It depends on where you play at. Yeah. For real, for real. Golly, man. So I guess it's maybe opposite for women's basketball, where it's more overseas than what they get paid over here. Yeah, yeah. Women get paid. I know women who get paid a lot overseas mm. than what they get paid in the WNBA. But they are starting to make changes in the WNBA. So hopefully, you know, they make they change it enough to where we can get our women to stay here stateside and they don't have to go play a double season yeah. and put more wear and tear on their body, you know. Yeah. Was you at Baylor when uh, Brittany was there? Mm-hmm. You, you, you and Brittany, y'all cool, or you know? Yeah, that's what, my dog. I'm, what do you I'm think about going her her situation, man? I'm sick about it, dog. Yeah? I'm sick about it. Because if you, if you know Brittany Griner, you know that, like, she is just, like, one of the nicest people you'll ever meet, man. Like, you walk on campus, you follow her on campus, she's right her, she's right her longboard on campus. 
Really? Yeah, she was riding a longboard <laughs> all all along all along camp, campus. She would say hi to everybody, dog. She it wasn't a person who she didn't like. It wasn't a person who didn't like her. Like she just one of those genuine people, man, who just always gave love and showed love. And like to see what's happening to her right now is just it's sickening, dog. And I heard that she was over there for a, um, a vape, like a little vape thing. It, I don't even know what 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 she got caught with, but it was under the amount that they needed to take her in, and they still took her in just because of, you know, they they calling it war tactics, you know. So it's it's that sick, sucks, man. man. That sucks. And she's been over there for a year or something, right? Yeah. Now it's she closing in on about a year. God, and the crazy thing is, is every year after the WNBA season, she goes and plays out in that country. Every single year since she started in the WNBA, she's been going back to that country and playing because they love her out there. But they really did. They're just trying to use and abuse it. Damn, that sucks, man. Yeah, we gotta we gotta do something. Hopefully, the government gets it. I mean, I know they attempting to try to do something but i hope they do something to to, to bring her home man yeah you know so. what i mean I, I really hope they do man are you still hooping now do you still yeah i still hoop man uh the past two summers um i've been playing in the big three okay ice cube, well, ice cube yeah. joint mm-hmm. okay yeah. who's your, who's on your squad swaggy p swaggy's on yeah, your squad fat ass <laughs> Okay. And, and, and Gilbert crazy coaching. You play with Swaggy and Gilbert? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh Lord. Yeah. What's that? What's that team dog, like? Man. Crazy as hell, dog. <laughs> Insane. Did you y'all know? win? Did y'all win? Nah, we was terrible both years. I can imagine. We was terrible. We was terrible. <laughs> Any five people on the team though? Yes, five. Yes, okay, who's yes. the other two? Uh my first year we had me, Perry Jones, uh, Swaggy, and we had uh who else did we have? Oh, Elijah. We had Elijah and Jordan Hill. Mm, okay. Okay. Elijah, he a dog though. Elijah really? A dog, yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> when so when does the big league come out? When, like what is it, when does it actually start? Because I always just see promotions that y'all playing games. Summertime, like I think around June is when we start. The, okay. The combine is in May. And then we start playing June and July. And then early, early, early August is like either the championship, the championship round. Okay. Yeah. That's dope that um, Cube started his own league, man. Yeah. That's super dope, man. How did you, how did you get involved? Who, who invited you to, to come and play? Or was it Swaggy and Gil? Nah, so actually um, a few years ago when I was playing overseas, uh, rest in peace to my dog Andre Emmett. Um, he was actually playing it, mm. and I saw him playing in it, and I was like, I kept asking, I was like, yo, how can I get in the league? And he kept telling me, he was like, at the time, they had an age limit. He mm. was like, man, you're too young. He was like, keep making your money overseas, keep making your money overseas, <laughs> like, you're too young. And then uh, they had end up cutting the age limit to, like, 24 uh, two years ago, and then they just had started calling people up, like, hey, we having a tryout, like, we having a combine, you want to pull up? So I went to the combine, not knowing, you know, who the team captains were, not knowing who the coaches were, you know. And I killed the combine and of being the number one draft pick in the draft that year. Mm. And then uh, I played real well my first year, so then they promoted me to a, a captain for my second year. Okay. Yeah. That's what's up, man. 
I forgot I played against Gil in high school. Yeah. Yeah. He he went to um he went to a school in the valley. I can't remember what school it was. We 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 beat them by twenty, but Gil had like fifty on us. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I. I I just me just knowing yeah, I know he was happy with the fifty. Didn't care about the W. <laughs> we killed him. In, it was a playoff game too. What day? Damn! What high school did he go to in the valley? Um, I can't. I remember it was like a green and white team that they that he played for. Like North Northwood North Hollywood High or something. I don't know. But this is before I even knew the hell Gil was. And niggas was out there just killing us. And then later on, once I found out, once he got into a league, I realized, oh, that's the dude who who killed us. Yeah. 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 What is it like playing with them two, man? Do they be arguing on the bench and shit? Man, they like a, a brother and sister almost. <laughs> it's crazy. They argue all the time. I'm like, ain't no way in hell that y'all just wake up every morning and just got something to say to each other every day. They nonstop, man. Cause you know when 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 Nick came into the league, Gil was his was his vet. Yeah. You know? So Gil used to, he was telling us crazy stories yeah. like of stuff he used to make Nick go do and everything. I used to be like, oh man, yeah. I know these dudes crazy. Yeah. But man, nah, it's, it was super fun, man. I mean some of the funnest basketball I've played. Yeah. So, how many how many games do y'all play? We play eight games. And y'all just go eight to eight different one, seats? One, one weekend. Well, this year, we was all we was in Dallas. We was in Frisco the whole year this year. Really? Mm-hmm. Except for two games. Man, I Six didn't even know that. Six straight, we was up in Frisco, yep. Really? Yeah, at the Legends uh, Arena. Okay. Next summer, do you know the, what the schedule going to be? Are y'all going to uh, be? I think they they talking about bringing it back to traveling every year. Okay. Because my first year, we was just in Vegas because of COVID. And then my second year, you know, they kind of – COVID was still a little bit of a problem, so it was like, all right, we're just going to do it in Dallas. But I think this year they're going to open it back up and we can go city to city. Okay, because I remember, I forget when it was that it was, they had it at the AA Center. Um, this must have been before COVID. I remember that. I, I, I think I think it was the AA Center that they was at doing it. And I was like, dang, that's dope, man. That's yeah. super dope, man. Man, okay. You got anything else, man, that's coming up that the people should be looking out for, man? Uh, nah, nothing, nothing that's coming up, man. I mean, I just been, I'm just like everybody else, man. I'm, just, you know, I'm, it's holiday season. I'm in grind mode, fourth quarter. I'm going hard. You yeah, know, I'm trying to provide for my family just like everybody else is. You know, so um, I really ain't got nothing else. But shout out to you know my my brothers in the ag, man. All my brothers out here in Arlington, Texas. So shout out to all y'all. I appreciate y'all. They always show me love, man. So yeah, yeah. It feel good to be back on this side for a little bit. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. I didn't even know that you was down here. Um, that you, cause what's name? Uh, your boy Joseph is the one that introduced me. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, "Yo, I used to hoop." And I was like, "Really?" Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How was Joseph? Was he nice back then? Yeah, he was nice. Really? He can still get down. I just don't see him as a hooper, man. I see him as a rapper yeah. right now. But he can still get down for sure. Really? Yeah. That's what's up, man. He went to y'all. He like, went to Timberview. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what's up. One day, man, when my knees get better, I want to go out there with a hoop, you and Joseph, man. Yeah, we could, we could, we could line do it up something, for sure. Do something 21 or something. You yeah. know what I mean? We could line something up, man. <laughs> I ain't hooped in a, in a few months, man. I've been. 
Listen, I, I ain't hooped in a few years. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> going to be down bad, yeah. And I don't take no prisoners. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, in between the lines, I'm trying to get at somebody. Okay. That, okay. <laughs> That's up, man. I appreciate you, Isaiah, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, this has been dope, man. Um, Leave your, your social media, man, in case people want to get a hold of you. I know they... You know what I mean? Probably introducing you to them or, you know what I mean? If they want to follow your story and what you're doing, leave your social media. Yeah, my uh, I'm only on IG, man, uh, at Isaiah Austin, I-S-A-I-A-H-A-U-S-T-I-N. Um, but, yeah, man, give me a follow. You know what I'm saying? I'll show love back. You know, uh, I'm all for showing love. You know, I'm, I'm all for giving people their flowers while they can smell it. You know, uh, all my all my family and friends they they know that about me, so I, I just try to continue to do that. That's what's up, man. Sure. Yeah, um, big three uh, this summer. Uh, I don't know, man. I'm thinking about it, man. I just started a, a logistics business. Okay, so that's been taking up a lot of my time, man. I might try to go full throttle into that. So okay, um, you know, I, I really don't know. That's what's up. Okay, yeah. 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 All right, man, yo, thank y'all for tapping in with us, man. This has been the Tap In Podcast. Appreciate y'all tapping in with us. Until next time, holla.